you are listening to Thoughts and Tea here on Radio Africa 1804. I am your host, Lori Lee, and I'm super excited for today's show. Um, today, we're going to be talking about single motherhood with a very special guest. Um, I've been really fortunate to have a front row seat to watch my cousin Christine be one of the most amazing mothers ever. Um, Christine Nicholas is a strong, beautiful, successful black woman, a Haitian American woman doing the toughest job that there is. And that's just raising a child as a single mother. Her daughter, Sanaya, is super bright and funny. I mean, she just had me cracking up right before we started. She's a breath of fresh air, and now she's in college. So thinking back to our show last week, when I had Wes and Naomi on to share their experience, you know, raising their awesome twin daughters, I thought, how awesome would it be today to explore the other end of that, right? Um so I'm super happy to have Christine on today to give us some insights on what it's like having a daughter in college and all that it took to get her there. So Christine, welcome to Thoughts and Tea. Hey, how are you, Laurie? <laughs> good, good. <laughs> <laughs> so um, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about you and, and your journey to motherhood, right? How old were you when you started? How did you feel when you found out you were pregnant? Just tell us about, you know, who you are and what that experience was like for you. I am a 41-year-old mom. Uh, like I said on Saturday, 41 and a half. <laughs> <laughs> and a half. <laughs> right? I, uh, I have a 19-year-old daughter. Um, I'm a business analyst at Florida Power and Light, which is like the electric company for Florida. Um, and my daughter is like my pride and joy. I was 21 when I found out I was pregnant with Sanaya. And I can honestly say, like, she knows this story. So when she hears it, it doesn't offend her. Like I sat her down, I spoke to her and I explained to her, like, you are not planned. Right. I was 21. I had just finished getting my associate's degree. I didn't finish school, but you were not planned, but you were the best reward that has ever been given to me by God and my ancestors. Like I wouldn't change that for the world. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Sometimes it's the things, you know, that we don't expect that shape us into who we were meant to be. Exactly. So in, you know, you started at 21 how how old was Sanaya when you realized that you were really going to be doing the lion's share of the parenting on your own as a single woman? I was very scared from mm -hmm. the very beginning. Like, I can't even lie to you. I um, in a, An unfortunate event happened, which caused her dad to physically not be there for her. Mm -hmm. So from that moment on, I knew, okay, it's time to put your big girl panties on and take care of your daughter. But I can say that, you know, my mom and my sister and my dad, they were there. So it wasn't that hard for me, but they like, they were there to help me. Um, but no matter what, I knew that I had to grow up and everything I was doing prior to having her had to come to a halt. Yeah. So, you know? so what was your, like, how would you describe Christine before you came to that realization that like you needed to make some changes? Oh, girl, I was having fun. I was having the time of my life. 
<laughs> like, I'm telling you, my mom was like, look, all I need you to do is promise me you'll go to college. So I was like, look, woman, here's two years. Here's an associate's degree. <laughs> I can't do this anymore. Because the thing is, I, I want to say, you know, maybe this happens to the other cousins, but up until my last job, which was like, everybody knows Zara International. I worked at The Gap and Zara International, both mm-hmm. jobs. And that was like 16. By the time I was 17, my mom got me my first job. And it was a full-time job. Yeah. So by 17, you know, I was working at this uh, pharmaceutical company. And I was like, all right, I want to be a pharmacist. This is what I want to do. Matter of fact, it was 18. I'm sorry. So I worked there 18, 19, 20, 21. And then, boom, I get pregnant. And it was just like, all right, the fun has to stop. You're not going to be able to do all the things you were able to do. Like, I was still going out. I'm not going to lie. Because I would find, like, my mom would keep her or my dad. But I wasn't doing as much as I used to. Mm Mm-hmm. It was everything was done with the thought process of, girl, you got a kid now. Yeah, everything's different now. Yeah. So I feel like that's something people say a lot, right? Like you have to have a super strong support system. So Uh how, how, like you mentioned your mom, your dad, your sister, like I'm sure each of them had a different level of, you know, care and support that they were offering? Like, how integral were they in Sanaya's upbringing in the beginning? So, this is this is really funny. I always say I did not become a mom until my mother passed away in 2009. Hmm. And at that point, Sanaya was eight. So, I, my village, like, my family, people, the amount of people that I have in my village people don't even have that many family members. Mm-hmm. So like my mom was the one who potty trained her. She took off the bottle. She made her stop using the pacifier, taught her how to walk. My dad would take her to the park just to go for walks and, you know, to hang out with her. My sister would take her for summers. Her dad's father used to take her to school for me every morning so I wouldn't be late for work. And then you have, you know, her dad's aunt that taught her how to tie her laces. So I had like a huge support system. And by the time I got to Florida, I was scared. Like, you know, once my mom passed two years later while I was here, I'm like, what am I going to do? But my cousin Rachel and her husband Jude, they were my support system. Mm-hmm. Like they were there for me enough for me to go back to school, work at Old Navy and work at FPL. Wow. Like I was determined to be that mom. I know I wasn't, I couldn't be mom and dad. Mm-hmm. But I never wanted to feel like less than. Yes, which meant having to work overtime like crazy. Exactly. So, I mean, I remember, um, I remember your baby shower. Like, I, just, I remember, you know, everyone being super excited. Um, and but I know, like. You know, to be expected in a typical Haitian family, it was probably difficult, right? Like no one. No oh one God. no one goes into it thinking, you know, my niece or my child is going to be a single mom, right? Or um so so what was that like? Like I know ev- ultimately everyone really showed up and played the roles they were supposed to play, but what was that that like in the beginning? So when I told my mom it was Thanksgiving day and we were setting the table and I was like, Mom, I'm pregnant. And I kept putting the silverware down and she just looked at me. <laughs> I promise you, oh, she walked away. 
She was like, yeah, I'm not talking to you. I'm about to call the whole entire family, the ones in Haiti, Long Island, Canada. She's like, Florida, I'm calling everybody. She needed reinforcement. She needed reinforcement. But the one thing I will say, and then I'll continue with that story, is when I told my dad, and I'll never forget this, I love this man to death. He looked at me and he said, you're 21. You have a full-time job. I'm not worried. Yeah. And that was the end of the conversation. So once he told me that, I was like, oh, whoever got something to say, come on with it. You know, I was that one challenging <laughs> cousin. Always. I got my butt whooped until I was like 16, but it's okay. Anyway, that's another story. <laughs> so my, I can say that my aunts and uncles were very, you know, they were disappointed. And then my one uncle here in Florida, oh my God. He just went off and he would just keep, he just kept calling back. And I just kept saying like, you know, my dad said, it's okay. I don't need this, but I will say as much as he was mad and disappointed when I moved down here after I want to say two or three years of me, me being down here, Mm -hmm. he said, I'm by far the best mom that he's ever seen. And I've done a wonderful job raising my daughter. And that's, I mean, I feel like anyone that's close to you and has seen what you've been able to do, the the attitude that you do it with is going to feel the same way. Like I remember a few years back, um, we were, I don't know what we were doing. I think we might've been shopping while you were visiting and, you know, you made a comment, like just like an off the cuff comment about like me and, and Diana, who is, is Christine's sister, like, you know, having like that money to throw, not throw away, but kind of like spend on bags and shoes and that kind of stuff. And how, mm-hmm. you, how you would, you would start to do that once, you know, Sanaya was in college, right? Like after that point. Mm-hmm. And I just thought like, and it's, and that's very small. It's very small. It's not like a huge thing, but I remember just feeling like, wow, the amount of sacrifice. And I, and I, and I was just like thinking about it and I was so moved by it. And, and I know I wrote you like a little, um, a note just because I I want, yeah, (laughs) I just wanted you to know that what you were doing wasn't going unseen or unnoticed, you know, like I think it's. It's one of, I think so many women in our family are like great mothers and are doing great things that it, it kind of becomes like you kind of just expect that from everyone. And I didn't want it to just be a thing that you did that I never actually took the time to tell you that I thought like that I thought it was amazing and that I saw it and that I was motivated and inspired by you to be a mom like that one day. So I can totally understand where our uncle was coming from and sharing that with you is I think a lot of people would say the same thing that was that was a moment between him saying that and you and that card I don't I went to the bathroom and I cried and I took my Michael Kors bag and you couldn't tell me nothing I was like look I got a new bag and I still have the bag like I was so touched it was that moment people don't realize you know there are different types of people in this world some people don't need to hear like add a boy or add a girl or you're mm-hmm. doing a great job or me being a single parent that is like one of the toughest jobs in the world because you know you have to be mom and dad right yeah but hearing from your family the people who know you your family you know his family like girl you are doing an amazing job that touches you and you know 
that you've done everything so far like you were supposed to. Like the moment we shared at her Sweet 16. Yeah. Like nobody knew the level of her Sweet 16. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to throw a masquerade ball. But nobody knew what I was about to throw. You literally walked in and you walked right back out and started crying. Yeah. Just because... <laughs> no, like, and I, I feel like you said it, and I went back to that moment, and I feel like goosebumps because the amount of work and effort and money and time and energy that goes into doing something like that, and then you realize this person is doing it by herself, and it looks like the best thing I've ever seen. You, you just, I don't know, it's, it's overwhelming. Yeah, it's it, it was a it, it, stuff like that you need to hear, and it makes you happy. But like I'm talking to Sanaya, I was telling her I was going to do the show, right? Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, it is about single motherhood, being a single parent. But I will say, without taking anything from anybody, these past couple of years he has stepped up and he's been helping. Yeah. But no matter what, you know, I I did it all. Yeah, I mean, you you have to be thankful for, you know, all of the amazing things that he's been able to do, but the buck stops with you. Yes. You know? Yeah. And I think you should feel good owning that. Like, I don't think it's something, you know what I mean? Like, Girl, I wear it. If I could buy a shirt and set it, I'll probably put it on. (laughs) We need to make you a shirt. Exactly. (laughs) So let me ask you this. What did becoming a mom teach you about yourself like how did you change i realized that i was much stronger than i thought because thinking back i was scared like there was always a time where i was just like how am i going to make it to this next thing or how am i going to buy this or how am i going to do that she would have school trips like i remember when she became a um safety patrol and it was $800. And we had to sell boxes of candy to get them to the trip, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm not going to call the family. This time I'm going to come up with it by myself. I sold two boxes of chocolates within a week. And then they told me, we can't give you anymore. Oh, wow. That was it. When I was like, okay. I went to my boss and I said, do you have any overtime? And he said, yeah, I do. And I was working 10-hour shifts sometimes 12, just to make the money to make sure she was able to go to Washington, D.C. So I'm I'm much, much stronger. And when I say I'm going to do something, I do it. Yeah, and I think that's important. Like I, as long as I can remember, you are, you've always had a job and then like a side job. Mm-hmm, still till today. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Your mother always says, Man, that called. That means you love money. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Because I just don't ever want to. If it's a need, I don't want to be able, or don't want to have to tell her, I can't do it. Yeah. That's that's. Those are tough words, when you know it's something that she really needs. And I, when I say I rarely have to say that, which is probably why she has a single child syndrome, <laughs> only child syndrome. Excuse me, but I rarely say like I can't. Yeah, always, always trying to show up. Mm-hmm. So how, um, we talked a little bit about your mom. Mm-hmm. How would you describe your mom's style of mothering? <laughs> this is funny. So I was bad. I'm not going to lie. I know the aunts and uncles are probably listening. 
I was um, I was challenging. I was very, very challenging. So I want to say, like, when I had her, I was like, okay, I'm going to try not to beat her as many times as I got whooped. <laughs> but I pray to God that she's nothing like me. You know, I hope she's her own person and not as challenging as I was. And believe it or not, She's more like my sister than anything. And I can't even, I can count on one hand how many times my sister got in trouble. Mm-hmm. So what I did was, you know, I, there were things that my mom, you know, was, we eat dinner together, respect one another. Um, t- you know, times are different now. So the conversations that she and I have, me and my mother probably would have never had. Yeah. So this is more like a, a open relationship. And I can count on one hand how many times I hit her. I only hit her three times in my life. And I'm, I want to say I'm, I'm similar in, in a sense, but not as much like respect your elders. You know, the common things that your parents teach you that you want the kids to know. Yeah. But like, I'm not, I wasn't, she's not challenging. So I, I didn't have to do the things that my mom did to me. <laughs> <laughs> I have to I say like, this though. Like when I think of, of your mom, um, she was, or at least like hearing you and Diana talk about her, mm-hmm. it seems like you guys had really, really open communication. Like your yes. mom was, was she was down to talk about whatever. And I think we were just scared to ask. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, if yeah. once you got older, at least from the stories you guys tell and you started to ask, she was like mm-hmm. happy to talk about it. Yeah. And I feel like that's something that I see in you so much. Like one of my favorite things watching you and Sanaya um, over the years has been your closeness. Like you guys are really, really like good, good friends, like the best friends you could possibly be. But then there's also a line that I think she sees and she understands that you are her mother as well. And I feel like that's really hard. Like sometimes you see moms that want to be friends so bad that, you know, then there's like a lack of respect or like it's a little bit harder to have that authority when you're talking to your child. And then you see the other side of the spectrum where they're like, you know, so much the authority and that there's no like friendship, there's no closeness. So how did you manage to have both? So here's what I will tell you. Oh, my gosh. And I really hope your mom is listening. So my mom used to always say to us, like, you can't be, you're not going to be a mom. I'm not going to be your mom and your friend. Mm-hmm. You have to choose one. And I remember when Naya was 13, she wasn't, she and I were not getting along. And I had uh, just met this guy. And she's like, I don't like him. The only person I know is my father. And I was like, yeah, you need to calm down. <laughs> I like this guy. And uh, uh, this is not going to work. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm going to need you to, you know, help me out a little bit. And the thing that she lost was her friend. I was still her mom, but I wasn't doing as much in her eyes to her because this guy would come around. And he wasn't even around that much. It would be like on a Friday or a Saturday. Mm-hmm. But to her, that was a lot. And remember, we were in Charlotte for Diana's Burger Divas event. Yes. And Sanai was giving me so much attitude. And I was just like crying. And my mother, your mother looked at me like... What is wrong with you? You don't cry. She cries. She was like, let's go to the bathroom. And she said to me, you're either going to be her mother or her friend. You need to choose now. Mm-hmm. And she said, and Sanaya, this is the only person that has ever loved you and has taken care of you and do, does everything for you. You're going to respect her. And if she ever calls me crying, 
I'm going to fly to Florida and beat your butt. And I promise you, Sanaya changed from that point on. I was like, all right, I'm her mother then. <laughs> I chose right then and there. Like, all right, I get it. I get it. I can put the little tough act on. Because I was just so hurt because we were so close. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was still very, very, it's, it's, we're so close. Her friends are like, you really tell your mom everything? But we really, really do have a great relationship. Like the other day, she went to go post a pic on Instagram. And she looked so cute in her bikini at the beach. And she's never posted a bikini pic. And she's like, she's 19 now in college. You know that, right? Yeah. <laughs> she's like, mommy, can I post this? And I was like, yeah, girl, you look good. I was like, you better get it, you know? <laughs> I was just like so happy that she took the time to ask first, is this okay? You know, will you be offended? Would the family be offended? And I'm like, no, you look beautiful. And she posted it and felt so good about it, you know? Yeah. So it's it's hard. You have to try to figure out which one you want to be, but at the same time, let them know, remind them, like, look, it's, I'm mommy. Yeah. But that's like, how do you think, how do you get there, right? Like, what do you think are some of, like, if you had to call out the top three things that you did that have helped Sanaya become the, like, confident woman that she is, what do you think those things are? Oh, my gosh. Okay, so... The first one, which is probably, I'm not going to do it in age order, but it's the ones that come to mind real quick. So when she moved, when we moved here, right, she was, I think she was in first or second grade when this incident happened and she went to school and, you know, we didn't witness racism in New Jersey because we were from North. Like there was no racism. We were all around each other. There's a few, you know white people at school, Latin people. So it was just a mix. Yeah. So this little girl named Haley has this lip gloss ring. And Sanai is like, you know, she's letting every little kid get them and they're putting it on their lips and Sanai goes to touch it. And she's like, you can't touch it because you're black. She's oh, like, wow. my mommy told me not to talk to you. Oh, wow. So I'm I'm calling. I feel like, oh, no. I don't know what happened, but I'm going to the school tomorrow. And I am <laughs> furious, right? So... I'm trying to explain to Sanai. She was like, mommy, she told me I was black, but I'm brown. And I'm like, yes, you are brown and you are beautiful. And don't let anybody take that away from you. Like, I was so mad. And this will probably, I don't know how some listeners will feel, but when I got to the school, right, Mm -hmm. I wanted to talk to the teacher or, you know, whoever was in charge of the cafeteria at the time. And I'm looking at this little girl, Haley, and her mom comes from behind the kitchen. I said, oh, she working in the kitchen? Oh, oh my God. <laughs> I just changed. I was, instantly, I was just like, this little girl does not even matter. Not to take anything from anyone. Yeah. It was just at that moment, I felt like a proud mom because I got this wonderful, I'm working two jobs, I'm doing good. I got my baby in this great school. I promise you the next day, Naya looked like Mr. T. She had lip gloss rings on everything. <laughs> you just got her, got her her own. I said, listen, and you better not, you could share with everybody but her. (laughs) (laughs) So that that was like one incident. And then um, again, being here and wet in Florida, I don't know, the people here are so, they're so weird, you know? Mm -hmm. And then the reason why I say that is, in today's times, you know, they don't look at African-American women as they should. Yeah. So when she applied to colleges and she got accepted to a few and then, she got accepted to the HBCU, and she was like, that's where I'm going to go. And I was like, okay. But while she was here in high school, the boys used to say, like, you're so thick. Your thighs rub. 
And I'm looking at her like, this girl is a size six. Like, what are they talking about? Yeah. I'm sitting here 12, confident in my 12, and she half me in. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And she's like, they don't even look at me. She got to, I told her, when you get to college, you're going to have to beat them off with a stick. You are absolutely beautiful. I keep telling I tell her every chance I get. Even yeah. the family tells her. When I tell you she got to college, Lori, they were asking her to take a garbage out. I was like, I told you you were cute. Like, I don't she was like, I'm surrounded by nothing but melanin. And they think, I'm, I'm like, I've been telling you that for forever. I've been trying to build your confidence. But the thing is, you could tell them as much as you want to. And she says, you say that because you're my mom. Yeah. And I'm like, no, when you look crazy, I'll be like, you need to go change. You look crazy. So <laughs> <laughs> she knows me. I have no problem being honest with her. But she didn't. It wasn't enough. Yeah. You know, she needed that stamp of approval, like, oh my God, you know, you look beautiful. You know, that's, I don't know why it, bothered, why it mattered, but. You know, I think, I think her- like, I think back to like myself being in high mm-hmm. school or even in junior high. I think high school was a little bit different because we moved and I was going to a different school and um, there was like a stronger black population there. <laughs> but definitely growing up, because I was always one of, you know, either one of two or just the only one, you do, you do end up feeling like, okay, like we're getting to that age and guys are talking to girls and this, that, and the other thing, but no one's talking to me. And that affects you. And I remember my mom always, you know, reminding me that I was beautiful and <laughs> all of those things. But I get it. I think I felt the same way Sanaya did. Like, okay, but you have to say that. You know what I mean? Yeah, but you know what's crazy? When hmm. you look at you and Sanaya, if you think about it, you guys have shapes that people actually go to Dominican Republic, Colombia, (laughs) save money to pay for. I can't with you. (laughs) I know you. Seriously. I'm doing squats trying to get there. You guys are absolutely beautiful. And I'm like, you know, this is my kid. Like, but see, but but besides the brains and the spunk and the, the, loving she's just uh sometimes i'm like is she like this at home or everywhere but then i hear her friends she's there like she's a wonderful kid but she's absolutely you guys have the brains and the beauty that's so sweet of you to say you really do you really do but i i you know sanaya i think is she's beautiful she's smart like, I, you know, in times when you guys would visit, like, I remember just having conversations with her. Like, she was grown, kind of. Like, grown, but still a kid. You know, some uh-huh. kids can be too grown, and you're like, hold on a minute. Like, you know, uh-huh. back up. But she wasn't like that. And she was, like, into music. And, you know, she knew what she wanted to do. You know, when she's going to go to college, this is what she's going to be. Like, she just always seemed to have a plan. And I think when you look at, a, you know, a child that's like that, you have to look at what's being done at home because it just doesn't happen like that naturally. Thank you. So that's, that's, um, that's amazing to me. Thank you. So, okay. So how, what would you say, um, is, is the biggest lesson that you got from your mom on motherhood? Back to her thing, you know, Either you're going to be her mom or her friend. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, she taught me, my mom had a lot of patience, you know, with us. And there's stuff that she did that, you know, I want to say I didn't get to do as a mom. 
because being a single parent, you're always on. Yeah. You are always, always on. There isn't a downtime. So like my mom would, you know, give us hugs and kisses to wake us up. You know how they rub your back, like, you know, time to get up, sweetheart, Mm -hmm. or, you know, sit there and make breakfast. I was always like, I'm going to give her an extra 10 minutes to sleep. And then I'd be like, Sanaya, time to get up. And she never got that. If I could go back, which she says, mom, it's all right. I'm okay. It didn't affect me. (laughs) But if I could go back and give that, the one lesson that my mom did with us was the hugs and the extra kisses. And I I had time for it. When we got home, we were both tired and it'll be a quick hug and a kiss. But I was always on low. Always. Mm. There wasn't any downtime. Now that she's in college, there is. But my mom was always a loving, touchy-feely, like, all over you. Yeah, like a lot of affection. A lot of affection. And she did that, you know, I can honestly say with Sanaya. They were always all over each other. And I'd be like, I love this. You know what I'm saying? At least she's getting it somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. I think that is really important. And it's hard. It's hard if you're having to work two jobs and... To be there to provide, to be to, to be in a situation where you don't have to say no to things that she needs. It's kind of hard mm-hmm. to then find the, you know, the time to do that extra stuff. So it's nice that while your mom was there, she was able to, to give that to her. Yeah. And Diana, oh my gosh. Every time they're together, I'm like, who are you going to sleep with just your auntie or are you going to come with me? You know, <laughs> and I'm like, you know, she, go ahead, Diana. You can have her. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Um so, so in thinking about just the last 19 years, um, I know you talked a little bit about that 13-year-old age and, you know, obviously I think most moms would say dealing with 13-year-old daughters can be difficult, but what, what was, what was your biggest challenge? Um, so that's, a, I'm going to hit you with that one with two parts. So from 1 to 12, 1 to 13, like I told you, she was a little hard. She was a little hard to deal with. So the plus side that I had was Diana would take her for summers. Mm-hmm. So it would become challenging because everything I would say, she would have an answer to it. Like I said, she she was getting to that age where everything was a question, but why? Yeah. But I don't want to do that. And I was just like, Diana, I need you. And my sister was like, with open arms, like, go ahead, send her. So she would go to my sister every summer for two months mm-hmm. and she would come back and she would just be this whole new person. So I'd be like, all right, you know, great. Whatever you did. Thank you so much. <laughs> I appreciate you. And it would, it would work out for me. So that was just like from one to 13. But by the time she was like 14, she stopped, you know, going to North Carolina. And if we, if she did go, I was with her. Okay. And then my biggest challenge, which you'll probably laugh at. <laughs> is when she left for college. Oh, my God. Really? Listen to me. I cried the whole way home. I cried before she even left. I'd go to my supervisor's office, cry it out, so by the time I got home, I wouldn't be crying. Wow. Was it just the, the idea of the like being separated for the first time? Yes. Yeah. Because this is the type of kid throughout her whole high school, you know, high school year, if her friends and her were going out, they'd be like, come on, um, they'll call me mama. Come on, mama, you coming with us? And I'm like, no. And I was like, come on. I'm with them at the movies. I'm with them at dinner. Sometimes at dinner, I would just get myself my own table and bring my iPad to read a book. Mm-hmm. I'm with them downtown. 
I mean, there was even an incident where one of the parents texted and they were like, it is one o'clock in the morning. And I was like, I'm so sorry. We're at the Cheesecake Factory. You are more than welcome to come get your kid. We are, we are having a great time. And they were never like afraid to talk in front of me. And I'd always tell them, as long as you guys don't disrespect anybody, I'm fine. You could joke, laugh, whatever. Just don't be disrespectful. So by the time she left, I knew like I would not have that anymore. Yeah. So when I go to the mall, I'm by myself. Um, when I want to talk about my day at work, I don't have that person or the little hugs or, you know, just the conversation, the face to face. So I literally cried the whole way home. And I laughed because we have like certain songs that we listen to mm-hmm. when we think about each other. And she happened to call me while I was driving back. And she's like, come back. And I was Uh-oh. like, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was tough. It was really, really tough. But once she left, girl, I took a cruise. I went to the Bahamas. <laughs> <laughs> you got you. Car. It, took, it took a few months, but I was like, okay, you need to snap out of it. Yeah, I'm you got your groove back eventually. Yeah. So <laughs> just, just my biggest challenge was her her leaving me. I, I, that's all. She's never had a, she's never been an issue for me. So that was it. That was tough. Yeah. I can imagine. So, okay. So if that's your biggest challenge... I have a feeling I know what the answer to this is, but what has been your greatest joy? Her going away to college. Yeah, I had a feeling. <laughs> Girl, not, just um, even her high school graduation. Like me and my sister, we were so proud. Like she was graduating with a doctor. You had to see us. Even her, you know, so her dad's family flew in, her aunt, uncle on his side, and then me, my dad, my sister, and then she had her three cords around her neck. And, you know, gosh, was down here. So, like, when they said her name is Cedric Spain, we were screaming, like, <laughs> mm-hmm. it was insane. We, it was just such a proud mom moment. And I got to share that with everybody. Yeah. And it was just like, oh, my God. And then she got accepted to college. And it was just, I'm so proud of her. And to know that I did this, like me, Christine, by myself. Yeah. Wow. You know? That's wow. the thing that's amazing, right? Because I feel like it's no matter no matter the situation, two parents, one parent, married parents, divorced parents, being parents is just hard. Being a parent is difficult. And there's no just because you you know, your life went a certain way, there's no guarantee that your child's life will go the same way. Um and so it just it feels like at some times you're like, is it the luck of the draw? But no, right? I think it really does have to do with the work and the relationship that you build with that person and trying to still find time for yourself and all of that. I think that's one of the things that's like so amazing to me, right? Like Sanaya is in college, like you said, and, and everyone is so proud of her. Um, but how much did you, Christine have to give up or sacrifice in order to make that happen. Now, I know you would do it all over again the same way, but if you were, you know, looking at yourself, like, were there things that you wanted to do that you didn't get to do? Like, is there anything like that? Looking at myself, honestly, um, I would tell me to breathe, stop, and think, is this a want or a need? Yeah. Like, I literally wanted to make everything happen um so you're saying you you think you kind of pushed yourself too much trying to trying to do everything 
Yeah, I did. I really did. And I don't get me wrong. I had support. My village. I had my village, and they were there to support me. Like, I would call your mom, like, this is what I want to do. Your mom's like, yeah, go ahead, do it, because I would. And I'm like, okay, I'm doing it. (laughs) (laughs) Where sometimes Diana's like, do it. And then she's like, well, does she really need it? You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But, like, I pushed myself because I, I never wanted her to feel like, because he wasn't around, that's why I don't have it. No, you're going to get it. Yeah. And that's not the right way to think. So while while doing that, while pushing yourself in order to make all of these great things happen for her, do you feel like there were things you didn't do for yourself? Like, were you taking care of yourself throughout this time is what I want to know. No, I wasn't. Not as Not as much. Not as much as I do now. Yeah. Um, I gave her 110%. That's why you guys, I know sometimes when we're around each other for Christmas, I always say, look, I gave you 110%. When you make it, I want my money back. (laughs) (laughs) I want the return on my investment. Listen, because kids are really an investment. And I knew I was only going to have one because they are very expensive investment. Unless I was married, I said, I'm just going to have this one. And I'm going to give it my all. And hopefully she is that one. And so far, she seems like she's that one. But the thing is, like I said, I sometimes feel like she has the only child syndrome. Because she has me, my dad, and my sister. So if I'm like, no, you're not getting it. She literally calls my sister, TP. And Diana's like, I'll send it next week. And I'm like, no, no, no. She's (laughs) figured out a way to work the system. And I, I feel like I messed up slightly in that aspect, but I mean, I'm partially biased. I think if the kid is a good kid, mm-hmm. they're respectful and they do everything that they're supposed to, just get it. Yeah. Give it. Why not? You know? Why not if you can? I mean, I, you exactly. know, that's something I think we all know about my mom, right? Like she mm-hmm. has... For the most part, like I would say 97% of the time, if there's something you want to do, something you want to try, um, she's she's down. Like she's down. And I think in, in talking to her, I know that she's like that because A, she understands that we appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Um, and also she's, you know, trying to allow us to be able to try different things so that we can find our lane, right? As opposed to some parents who will say like, all right, this is, I need you to be a doctor. Like, this is the route you're going to go. That's it. You know, my mom was very different. And I feel like you were really different in that. Like anything Sanaya wanted to try, you know, as long as it was something that was going to lead to something good or expose her or give her a good experience. You were, you were down to, to provide that for her. Definitely. But the one thing lately that um, I've noticed, and I don't know if you feel the same or a lot of African-Americans or just people in general, lately I've been telling her, whatever job you pick, make sure robots can't do it. (laughs) Seriously. (laughs) And own your own business. Yeah. You need to be your own boss. Yeah. Yeah. You make your own hours, 
and you figure the rest out. I, I pushed that in her head so much. Like she always said that she wanted to be an orthodontist for the longest. Mm -hmm. And then she thought about it and she said, I noticed that Invisalign, they have the commercials now where you can order them online and they send them to you. Yeah. And she's like, is that going to take away from my practice? So she thought about it and she said, maybe I'll own a whole, like, you know, like the mini mom mm -hmm. and I'll have the orthodontist, the dentist, the maxillofacial surgeon, the endodontist. Like she said, she'll own the whole strip mall and pick something within that field. That makes sense. And she said, she'll be her own boss because between your mom and Gasha, I'm like, you need to be your own boss. Yeah. But that's that thing, right? I feel it seems like you're instilling that entrepreneurial spirit into her. Yes. Yes. Yeah, that's, I mean, with the way the world is going right now, it's almost like on top of being there and being supportive and providing, you have to also be able to read the writing on the wall and try to guide your kids in, you know, in the right direction. Exactly, exactly. Because I'm telling you, there's no telling what tomorrow will be at this rate. Yeah. It, it is tough, but I just keep telling them, keep pushing Keep doing what you want to do. You want to still be an orthodontist and you want to do something else on the side. That's fine. But focus on that and don't change. And if you do change, make sure it's bigger than that. Mm -hmm. And she's like, I got you. Because she knows she has to give me my 110% back. <laughs> she has to give back that investment. I love that. Exactly. <laughs> so I want to go back to something, you know, in thinking about like, when you're a mom, how much you end up, um, you know, you end up putting your kids first, right? And and I think that's that's part of the job is your kids become the priority. And I want to share a story from this past weekend. So we have, you know, like everyone, we have a family chat and we're always sending each other funny things. And we got into this conversation this past weekend um, where I called out that I remember my mom always cooking like sometimes three, four different things for dinner because she was trying to give everybody what they wanted, right? Like mm -hmm. I, if I wanted something specific, my brother did, my sister did, and then my dad. And so when I said that, my sister responded and was like, yeah, and she never made anything for herself because she would just have a little bit of what she made for each of us. Mm -hmm. And then my mom responded and said... You know, it's so funny, but she doesn't think that anybody could even say what her favorite food is. Mm -hmm. And you know how I am. I'm an event planner. I'm all about yeah. making people feel good. I'm that person that is always listening. Like if you mention something that you love, I'll remember it two years later and like incorporate it into your birthday celebration. Like that's just how I am. Mm -hmm. And to hear when my mom said that, and I'm thinking, like, I really don't know what my mom's favorite food is. Mm -hmm. And so I text my sister right away, and I'm like, I feel so bad. Like, do you know what it is? And she said she didn't know either. So we, I end up calling my mom, and I'm like, this is crazy. I need to know what your favorite food is. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is not okay. And she was laughing and she's like, you know, she was talking about it with her sister and they were saying how like that's kind of part of what being a mom is like the things that you love or were once your favorites become less important because all that matters to you or your favorite thing is just seeing your kids happy. 
But the funny thing is we're talking and I actually, I asked her the question like four times. I kept going back to it, but I'm like, mom, what is your favorite food actually? And she couldn't answer. And so finally I said, do you not know what your favorite food is? Like, do you not have a favorite food? And she said, no, like just at this point, she couldn't even... She couldn't even say. I'm like, you sure? Is it not Mai maybe? <laughs> like, I was just trying yes. to, I'm like, I'm yes. trying to get to the bottom of this. <laughs> and she really could not at that point say what her favorite food is. She was like, it just, that's something that was no longer important to her. Mm-hmm. And that just got me to thinking about how much your life changes when you become a mom. Every, like, something as simple as that, like, everybody has a favorite food. But she, at this point, just doesn't. And she had a full-time partner in the home. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, if that's what my mom was giving up, what, like, how much work is it to do this on your own? It's it's a lot of work, but um, like I said, the reward is unbelievable. And the reason why I say that is, um, she's so funny. There'll be days where I'll come from work, like since we've been working from home. And you know how sometimes you have a bad day and she'll sense it and she'll be like, I'll be right back. And she'll go to uh, nothing but bunts, like a bunt cake place Mm -hmm. and get me my favorite lemon cake. And she'll just slam it on the table like here and walk away. (laughs) (laughs) She knew whatever was going on that this cake is going to make me smile. And I'll be like, all right, you know, thank you. And I'll change my mood or whatever. Mm-hmm. But she could always tell when something's wrong and she knows just what to do. Yes, we do sacrifice a lot, especially as a single parent. But um, like she said, the reward of seeing your kid happy and just being able to make things happen. I don't think anything else matters. Yeah. Like down the line when I look and she's married and she has her kids and I see like her successes, that's what I need to see. Yeah. Even that's... if she doesn't become an orthodontist, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. She she finished school and she did whatever she wanted to do and she did a great job at it and with respect. And as long as she's happy. That's all that matters. That is literally all that matters to you as a parent. I did eat, though, Thumbful Four. I don't know about that part. I'd be like, <laughs> out after, what do you want to eat? And I'd be like, all right, this is what I'm cooking. You know, I kind of tend to make the things that she likes, but I do eat. <laughs> and I do have a favorite. <laughs> That's I, I'm telling you, when my mom said that, I'm like, this is this is insane. How do I not yeah. know my mother's favorite food? I know yeah, I know everybody's mom. favorite everything. <laughs> yeah. That's, I could see that though. I could see her cooking three different things because this thing you, one kid doesn't like. Mm-hmm. I could definitely see that. Yeah, that's so her. Yeah. So I wanted to ask you your opinion on just like something that's been like all over social media this past weekend. So, um, Cardi B and and Meg The Stallion released this new song they have together and um, with this crazy video, and people are like are so upset about this video, right? Like, I think the the content of the song is is already really, really extreme, right? Like, very, very sexual. Um, but then I think when you marry that to the visuals of them, like, you know, either half-naked or compromising positions, all this stuff, 
and people are like, you're, you're setting us back. Like in the middle of everything that's going on in the world today, um, this feels like a hundred steps backward. And I wanted to know, I have my own opinion, but I wanted to know what you thought, like as a mom, so now you're grown now, but if you had a daughter that was like 12, 13, 14, and was into hip hop and this kind of, you know, song comes out with this, this kind of visual, how do you, how do you feel about that? So her and I talked about the video, right? Mm -hmm. And, um, at the age of, in my opinion, and then I want to hear what you have to say. Yeah. We, well, there are ways to able, there are ways, excuse me, to filter what your kids watch. Yeah. You know, if you have a 10 year old on YouTube and they get to this video and you as a parent are not paying attention, then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put that on you. Mm-hmm. Like me growing up, I get how some people, like I read some of the comments too, and they were like, they're supposed to be setting an example. Kids look up to them as role models. And I literally had a conversation with Sanaya and I said, um, there was never a time in my life where I looked at certain people and I said, like, this particular person is my role model. Mm-hmm. Like, I always say this to you guys. I look at people within my family and that's who I strive to be. Yeah. I don't look at, like, I can't look at this video and say, like, Sanaya, I don't want you doing any of this stuff or acting like this. Like, at the age of 13... Sanaya and I were having conversations like this video. Like she has no problem asking questions and I would give her the response. And if I didn't, my sister did. Mm-hmm. Like prime example. I don't know if you remember this story. Like one morning I was taking her to school and I'm like, you know, there are people that shower at night and don't even, you know, shower in the morning and just go to work. And she's like, ooh, they probably wake up with jizz on their face. And I said, excuse me. Oh my me. goodness. <laughs> I promise you. My hand came across and her head was like in the window. She's like, what did I say? And she is crying. And I was like, where did you hear that? And she's like, Sebastian said slob is the new word for jizz. And I was like, no, he's lying and he's nasty. And I called my sister and I was like, give her the definition. And I promise you, Sanaya probably was like 12. And my sister told her what it was. She was like, that is so gross and crying. But I was just like, we need to have these open conversations. Like the next time somebody says something to you, never be afraid to ask me what it is. Yeah. Because I'm going to give it to you 100%. I'm going to be honest. I'm not sugarcoating. I need you to understand what's out there and what you're seeing. Mm-hmm. So I can honestly say at 13, she wouldn't have said like, you know, I want to do this, what they're doing in the video or looked at them and said, I want to be like Cardi B or Meg Thee Stallion. No, she has her Lori, her Diana, her Gasha, her Florence. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I, I don't, I don't, I don't pay attention to that. Me as a parent. So I actually feel the same way, right? Mm-hmm. I think that if people are looking for entertainers, to raise their children or inspire their children or motivate their children, there's an issue, right? Like Uh that stuff should be entertainment. Like, yes, it's raunchy. Absolutely. But you should be able to look at that and go, wow, that's crazy and move on. Not, wow, that's amazing. I want to do the exact same thing. You know what I mean? And I think it comes a lot from like what you said, having those kinds of conversations. Now, if you are shying away from openly communicating with your kid, 
then yeah, they might look to TV to give them answers. They might look to a Cardi B to explain to them what sex is and all of that. But if you, friends and, and friends, people. exactly. Or, you know, what they yeah. might see on a, in a movie or whatever. But I remember being, I think I was five and my mom knows this story really well. Like we've told it so many times, but I, um, you know, I was, I, I was living in Canada and, um, I, my cousins, my older cousins were watching house party mm-hmm. and, they didn't let me watch, but I would, I, I don't know if I snuck in or was like walking by slowly, just being nosy to try to catch what was happening <laughs> on the TV. But it happened to be a, this part where they were talking about sex. And I, um, I went to my mom and I was like, can you explain to me what sex is? And she, I was five and she, yeah. gave, she gave me like the definition and then I asked for specifics. I was like, but I don't understand. Like, what, where in the body does that go? How does that work? And we actually had a, a conversation about what sex was. So I never needed anybody to explain it to me. I never, you know, took a, something that somebody said in a movie as gospel because I had already gotten the truth from my mom. And so exactly. I, I feel like, if people put more emphasis on what they were discussing with their kids or what was happening in the home, then things like entertainment could just be entertainment. And we wouldn't put the burden of being role models to our kids on these people who were just trying to make money. Do you remember when I was so disappointed, but I agreed with him 100 percent when Little Wayne was with, I think, Diane Sawyer or Katie Couric. And she was like, kids look to you as a role model. Mm-hmm. And he said, kids shouldn't look to me as a role model. They should look up to their parents. Yeah. You can't follow what I do. And I agreed with him 110%. Yet now, don't get me wrong. Some kids don't have those type of parents to look up to. But it should be a teacher, a guidance counselor, yeah. you know, the pastor. It should never be an entertainer that's doing certain things, you know, that are not acceptable to some as a role model. Yeah. You know, and I'm glad that Sanaya knows, like, this is not okay, but I like this song. (laughs) Exactly, right? (laughs) Like, I I would never do it, but okay. And I listen to similar songs, and she'll show me a new one, and I'm like, oh, this is good. I mean, all genres. It'll go from Creole, I mean, Haitian music, to African music, to Latin music, to country music. Like, she listens to everything, but sometimes it is rap music, and they are saying certain things, but... I could vibe to it with her. Because, I mean, I was 21 when I had her. I'm 41. She's 19. I'm, we're going to listen to similar stuff. And yeah. I don't mind it. Because she's not walking around saying, like, she's never, she only slipped up and cursed in front of me one time. Yeah. One time in her whole life. And I'm like, I think I did good. <laughs> exactly. So we're, we're, we're sh- running out of time, which is crazy. I feel like the hour went by so fast. Um, yes. but I know Sanaya is around. So mm-hmm. I was wondering if, bef- as the close for today, if she could come on and just share a little bit about how she feels about you and, and your motherhood to her. Hold on. Hello, Lori. Hello, Sanaya. <laughs> <laughs> Um, how do I feel about Miss Nicholas as a mom? Yeah. I would say, I don't know, I think she's pretty cool. I might keep this one. 
Um, <laughs> You're not going to return her? No, I feel like my 30 days is up. <laughs> <laughs> but this one's kind of cool. I feel like um, we have a good understanding. And I feel like at a young age, she taught me, like, look, I'm doing this by myself. Mm-hmm. So I need you to rock with what we got. And we're going to make it work. Yeah. And every time she comes through and we make it work with whatever we have um, and with the kind of mother she is, she'll take $2 and turn it into 200 in seconds. Mm-hmm. So I've never really got the short end of the stick because <laughs> I never really realized that. Well, not that we, because we've always had, but I never saw like the struggle. I never saw the. She didn't let you see it. I'm going to do this. No. So I was always like, mommy, let me get $20 to go to the movies. Mommy, they're doing this. Mommy, I need a car. Mommy, I need to sign a lease. So (laughs) whenever, whenever my friends are like, oh my God, like, nah, you guys are rich. I'm like, yeah, we are. And mom's like, nah, yeah, no. (laughs) I'm like, yo, we got it. We're comfortable. And I say it every time. And my mom is like, nice, stop telling them people. (laughs) (laughs) But I think that's amazing. It's like she never, even if she had to work double time to make things happen, she never let you feel it. She never let you see her sweat. At all. I never knew. She was doing uh, two jobs, so FPL, Old Navy, and then she was also doing Palm Beach State. So I didn't really see her like that. And to be honest, I didn't even realize I wasn't like, that time? You couldn't tell me anything. I want sneakers. I'm getting new sneakers. I want this. I'm getting everything. So it was like, I didn't realize that she was doing it to put clothes on my back. I thought she was doing it because she wanted to spoil me more. Mm-hmm. I was fine with whatever. <laughs> she, she was like, Naya, I mean, you know, we got to start to slow down. And when that happened, I called Titi. And I was like, Titi, listen, mommy says she's going to cut me off. <laughs> I need you to step the game up. So Titi sent me her credit card. You're <laughs> a mess. I just feel like, my mom has done such an amazing job. Um, not to pat myself on the back, but mom, with what she had, yeah. and has now, um, I'm really, really proud of her. I feel like I've raised her well. Oh my and- God, I'm done with you. <laughs> no, she really is amazing, though. Um, just a great provider and an awesome best friend. I know they often say, like, you know, you have to be the friend or the mother. But my mom is really both. Like, whenever yeah. I go out, my friends are like, Miss Christine, you're not going to stay? Mom's like, no, I am 41. And we're like, Mommy, please, like, just chill out for a second. They all call her mom. Like, she is really, like, my heart with two feet. Not to get savvy or anything. Yeah. But I really do appreciate everything she's done for me. And I don't, I really don't take anything for granted. And like she had told me before, like, you have to give me my flowers while I'm here. You have to. Unfortunately, I won't be. So she gets them once a week now, but she cut me off. So I don't know about that. I don't know what's in the budget anymore. But, but she gets her flowers once a week. And I really do appreciate my mom and the village that has helped raise me. I really do. I love that. Thank you so much, Sanaya, for jumping in at the last Thank minute. Thank you for having me. Awesome. <laughs> She's so funny. She's hilarious. But no, you can see it, right? Like, she's she's just happy. She's happy. She's funny. She is super smart. You know, really, really pleasant to be around. And I think that comes comes from from you. 
thank you. And I think that comes from me and my village. Yeah. I love you guys so much. And I would not like, like I said, my village is bigger than people have family members. Yeah. Like literally, like I cannot take away anything that anyone in the family has ever done for me or whether it was conversations that didn't even have to be financial. But whenever I needed advice or I'm flying home, you guys, yeah, Lori told you, like, you prepped her for college, remember? Mm-hmm. Like, she called you, and you were like, okay, this is what you need to do. I'm going to send you a little gift. Like, it, it really takes a village, whether it's two parents or one. Yeah. And they make you into a better parent. I love that. Well, thank you so much for being on today. No it problem. was wonderful. I enjoyed the conversation, and we got some messages from people, which is super nice. So I'll um, I'll share them with you. So thank you, Christine. No problem. Love you. Love you too. So I hope everyone enjoyed our thoughts and see conversation today. As always, if you have a friend or colleague that you think would have enjoyed today's topic, um, please let them know the show will replay on Wednesday at 6 p.m. And remember, you can always catch up on past episodes on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, SoundCloud, and Google Podcasts. Um, please share the links on social media if you can so that other people can can tune in and, and listen to the awesome conversations that we've been having. Um, and then I also wanted to share, you know, a couple of the shows that are in our lineup for you to listen to Radio Africa 1804. So on Monday through Friday at 7 a.m., we have Town Day, which is hosted by Florence Camo. And then Monday through Friday, again, from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m., we have The Daily Fuel, which is hosted by Ralph Dilley. Monday through Saturday, from 1 to 2, we have Midi Connaissance, which is also hosted by Florence Camo. Mondays and Tuesdays at 2 p.m., we have um, Yonsi Cosé, which is hosted by Fred Stanfield. Monday and Wednesdays, of course, at 6 p.m., we have Thoughts and Tea, which is hosted by me, Lori Lee. Thursdays from 4 to 6, we have Jeudi Détente, which is hosted by Pachuco. Friday from 8 to 9, we have Monsi Kaba, which is hosted by Alique Saint-Cyl. Saturday mornings at 9 a.m., we have Food d'État, which is hosted by Diana Nicholas, the Burger Diva. Saturdays at 10 a.m., we have Causerie Holistique, which is hosted by Dr. Enol Millien. Saturdays at 11 a.m., we have the Yolande Smith Show, which is hosted by Yolande Smith. And then again at 8 p.m. on Sunday, we have a replay of Causerie Holistique. So in the meantime, if you have any thoughts or questions or comments about um, what we chatted about today with Christine, please feel free to message me on Facebook at Lori Lee Camo or on Instagram at Lori Lee underscore. Thank you so much for listening to Thoughts and Tea here on Radio Africa 1804.